is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Sean Smith, we continue the conversation of songwriting and creating, and we dive a little bit deeper into some of his views and philosophies on life, which I think are just fantastic. So I hope you enjoy part two with Sean Smith. I remember being um, backstage at some of these huge, and we're talking like 3,000 seat houses, and you're backstage yep. and it's huge. It's just, everything's massive and cavernous. And I just hear a guitar in between shows, just like <laughs> do what I think is down a hallway, but it's like four flights even deeper into the earth. And you're just down in that's some me. corner, just <laughs> learning, playing, creating. There is a, a song in Vancouver, me, one of the songs that's on the newest album. Mm. Uh, it's called Say Hi to the Devil. And me and me and Michael Thomas Grant, my friend who was on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, he was filming and we were doing the show. So mm. I stayed with him and we wrote that song at like three in the morning. Oh, cool. And I recorded the demo of it backstage during a performance of Waitress on a piano in a rehearsal room somewhere. Just like just to send it to uh, Michael and be like, hey, this song, we should we should make it mm. uh, like a Joe Cocker vibe. And he ended up throwing the demo piano that I'd sent him into the final mix as like a little like gimmick thing. It's really cute. It's fun. Um, but he uh, anyway, the reason that this band came about was all these songs I'd written on tour were ready to go. I said I was and I called him up. I said, hey, I, and we were pandemic. The Pando hit. And we're sitting there and he's with his parents. Uh, that's where he hit out because I think he was about, he was on tour at the time as well, but he didn't have an apartment anywhere because he gave it up when he went on tour. And I was back in my New York city apartment. And we're all sitting there bored. And um, I called him one day and I said, I have this goofy idea where we cover uh, cabin fever from Muppet treasure Island and make a whole video about how insane we're all going locked up uh, in, in the, in the pandemic. And we, it took him about a month. And then one day I get a call. He goes, so I thought about it. And then last night I made the entire track because <laughs> he does that. He's like, he just, he just gets the inspiration. And, and then 24 hours later, you have like an 18 piece orchestra playing something. It's a, it's wild. Oh Lord. And we, we had such a fun time. We got a bunch of friends involved. And then I was like, I think it's time to do another album. Mm. He's like, I think it is too. I'm ready to make things again. Um, and so we did the whole, we ended up doing the whole thing remotely, but this time around, because while I wrote the lyrics and the chord structures, um, the first time it was really songs personal to me. This, this time it was more like we're working together. Mm. And there were a couple songs even that he wrote the, the music to. And then I added lyrics later. And, mm. but, and uh, I realized like he was doing so much legwork and I wanted us to be equally featured. And I thought it can't just be labeled, you know, Sean W. Smith presents or whatever. Um, hmm. so we, we spent a lot of time being like, we need a band name. Even if it's just two of us, we need to have something unifying the fact that we work as a duo, we work as a team. And we spent probably six months just not coming up with anything until one day the word stray could not get out of my head. And I was like, why are we, we are strays in so many ways. We don't do anything normal. We don't have our like we didn't we didn't fall into some group of elites that can get us to stardom. We're like these stray dogs on the side of the road just trying to make it. <laughs> and uh, and then we also, you know, I, we watch these movies all the time. And every time we do these songs, one of the things that we do when we're making them, we're like, yeah, because this song is like it's going to play over that scene in the movie where X, Y and Z happens. And then we realize we're writing song so, uh, soundtrack music for. Yeah. OK. For, for movies that don't exist. Yeah. 
we're writing these these pop songs and these rock songs and these funk songs that in our minds play over scenes that don't happen yet. So yet that's where that's where it can yet that's you know that's awesome. I uh, so strain soundtrack and then you guys just had a big event come up with that. I mean, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's now it was great consumable. Yes, it is. We uh, we actually released the album technically released it last June, but we only released it on digital. And I got very fortunate and met this, this wonderful, wonderful guy, uh, Scott Appel, who heard the album and I'd met him through other, other things. And he heard the album and he was like, uh, I kind of really love what you're doing with this stuff. And uh, I used to work PR for all, and he just starts listing off his resume. And he goes, I, I'm moving into management do you want to have a partnership in this? Would you like me to manage you guys? And I, my dream started. I was like, oh, oh, someone else is here. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's not just two idiots anymore. Um, and so we got very amped about it. And the first thing he was like, for clout, for uh, you know, um, notoriety, to have it as a physical, tangible thing, I think we need to print this out as a f- physical copy. So he, the first thing he did, we're making CDs. Okay. <laughs> Nobody buys CDs, but I don't care. Let's do it. I have a CD with my face on it. <laughs> um, oh, and, and then he said, but, but, on, but the reason that he wanted to do that, he said, we need to do a, a release concert, which we did with the first album. But then this one obviously came out during the pandemic, so we couldn't anyway. Right. So he said, let's just or make the CDs and then have that be the release concert um, that we're, we're promoting the release of the physical CD. Uh, and so we, he found us a venue in North Hollywood, which was fantastic. And we got, um, as many of our friends together as we're comfortable being in a room together. And, <laughs> and, and it was, it was a really fun night. We, I had my friend Lauren open for us and she brought a great crowd in. And my friend Car- Carson, who was also Lauren's partner, he came and sang with us and I, we all met doing various things, ships, whatever, and, and have our various levels of success, uh, and um, Ellie McElmore, who, who was on Broadway in Bring It On and off Broadway in Heathers, she came and sang with us because she's good friends with Scott and he set it up. And um, we got to promote the CD. We got to promote our upcoming projects. We just got to have a fun night and get some like good pictures and footage out of it. Mm. And it was just, just a really wonderful time. And it was actually wild to think like that before Waitress even comes back, my first foray back in a live performing would be sharing with people who... I'm very close with hmm. songs that I wrote, which is the, weirdly the most terrifying thing for me to do. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, that's just so exciting. And I can't wait to see what other music, you know, you continue to create. Mm-hmm. We have a lot coming, but this time we're, we're doing what the people want. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> switching gears slightly. Um, yes. Communication. You brought that up at the beginning. Uh, you learned to communicate mm-hmm. a lot through theater and performing. Um, what, what have you learned about communication? Does anything come to mind? Well, yes. Empathy is the word that is coming to mind and forgiveness is a huge word coming to mind. Mm. Um, a lot of the things I've learned have to do with the fact that I, I believe I'm not going to say that it's right or wrong, but I believe that people as a whole are all just kind of like, we treat ourselves as a certain level of evolved higher function beings, but really we're all just kind of confused, scared children 
just figuring it out. Nobody really knows what they're doing and that's okay. And, be, and it's actually been really helpful to start thinking of life like that because, you know, you, you get hurt by people or you hurt people. And when those moments come and when they happen, we don't deal with it well because communication doesn't happen because we make up in our minds what the scenario is, even though the reality, like what's, what's the saying? There's two sides to every story. I don't believe that. I think there's three sides. There's your side, my side, and the truth. Um, and, and the truth typically is somewhere in the middle of those two things. And so I, I learned through theater ways to start, a, the way I would like to approach a character is the same way I would like to approach meeting another human is like, why do they want what they want? Why are they? How, how is this creating the circumstances of their life? And how can we utilize those pieces of information to meet on the same playing field, to meet on a very human level of understanding and of uh, empathy and of sympathy and of, of, uh, of caring. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you feel like nobody understands, you know, it's the teenage angsty thing. Nobody understands me, Mm. but I don't, I don't necessarily think that that feeling ever goes away for anybody. Like, I feel like until that, I know my parents still are like, well, I'm the only one who thinks this way. I'm the only one who feels this way. And, right. You know, it, it, it's such a simple little thing, but knowing someone can tell you, I understand how you're feeling and you can hear it and not believe them mm-hmm. because it's just words. Someone can show you that they understand how you're feeling and then you feel a little less alone. And that's kind of where I come from with the idea of communicating through theater. Mm. It's a way to show somebody I understand as opposed to just using empty words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Are there, um, are there changes that you've made that have increased positivity or decreased negativity recently oh, or yeah. in the past? Oh yeah. Well, I got sober about five and a half years ago. Um, that was huge. Congratulations. And thank you. Um, uh, and and uh, getting sober is one thing. And, and I, I'm very happy that I did it. But that's, I guess, a symptom of a, of a bigger thing. Uh, you know, when you get sober, some people will get sober and, not, and continue to just be an asshole. <laughs> and in uh, a lot of people that I've met through these programs and through, you know, just get, trying to be better people. The key is you get sober so that you have the time and the emotional capacity to build a new toolbox or to, to fill a new toolbox of things that help you cope, that help you uh, learn how you can react better to situations, to learn how to not hurt other people, to learn how to not hurt yourself. Um, and, I, and I've done that. I've done the 12. I mean, I'm still doing it. I literally, I did the 12-step pro- program a couple years uh, into my sobriety. I did it about two years in and then felt great. Pink cloud, having a great time. I, I'm, I'm now Buddha understanding the world and treating everything like such bullshit. <laughs> and then I, I, you know, but you do feel better and you do act better when you have the ability to respond to the circumstances around you in ways that are not immediately destructive and are not immediately argumentative and not immediately um i mean i'm i'm losing some words here but 
I think you understand the point. And then what happens though is, is it's the same thing with therapy. It's the same thing with wiping your ass after you go to the bathroom. You have to do it every day. You can't just do it once and be good with it. It's boring. It's not fun. And it's not exciting. I think that's like a Rick and Morty thing that they did in one episode. Yeah. Um, but that's how I feel about it. So I'm, I did this summer and, and currently do, doing the program again, just to, you know, I, I saw myself kind of declining back into an old form of me. And, you know, we, we were all going through tough times and everybody was reacting in whatever way they needed to. But the reactions that I was having weren't healthy. So, you know, I, I started going back through the pro- program and back to the process and looking at, you know, what have I done in the past couple of years that have been in service of others or in service of myself? And what have I done because I, I wasn't using my new coping tools? So that, that was a huge thing. Just, you know, you have to learn how to react to the world. <laughs> you have some great questions you had just said there. Do you have questions that you ask yourself daily or that come up when you're, you know, losing focus or falling off track to get back on track? Is there any text you're referring to or any mantras or anything? I, w- like that? I wish I could say yes, but honestly, I, I there's not really a thing daily. It, it, it tends, it tends to be when I get, when I, sometimes you have to go a little too far before you can look in the mirror and realize that you're not the person you think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, some days you're doing fine and you look in the mirror and you see the boogeyman and you know, it's just a, it's a healthy, it's a healthy balance mm-hmm. of looking in the mirror and seeing, and seeing <laughs> Baba Yaga. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, I, I, you know, I, there's not a daily thing, unfortunately, and I, I, there should be. It's, I think, where my brain has been telling me to be is like, you need to come up with a daily thing or else sure. you're going to have to keep going through the cycle. Yeah. Do you have a failure or favorite failure that set you up for success? Oh, uh, in career or in life? <laughs> if you got two, I'll take them. Or uh, in life, what? First. Uh, I mean, in life would be, you know, the, the, the road to deciding to get sober. Um, long story short, I, I had been abusing alcohol as well as some prescription drugs and having thoughts of very dark nature, um, that would have made some permanent choices about my existing on this plane. Uh, and, and, uh, I woke up in the backseat of a cop car. The things that I was trying to do didn't work out, but what did happen was I was in the backseat of a cop car and luckily nobody got hurt. Um, but the next day I couldn't look at myself. I, my family couldn't look at me and it, it was the, there was a level of shame and a level of embarrassment, but also a level of like, okay, the things you're doing to make a, to make a reaction here or to make a, a, a permanent situation for yourself clearly aren't going to happen the way you want them to. Mm. So you might as well go in the opposite direction. The universe is not letting you escape this. So right. you need to try something new. Um, that was a big, <laughs> so you have to, <laughs> yeah. you have to, yeah. you, you've got two, you got two options here. One yeah, is continue this, living in the consequences or, yeah. or two is go turn around and go the other way. Cause the universe is clearly stronger than you. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then in, in career, 
Yeah, I actually don't know about career, about failures there. Um, Only favorites. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, there, there's one show that I feel I regret not getting, and it's my own fault, but it's also just like one of those situations I was very close to being on being in once. Mm. Um, and <laughs> actually, this is pretty funny. We were in the final auditions and I was going to, I was auditioning to be the understudy for the lead and play Eamon, I believe. Uh, no, to play the MC. I don't know if that's the same part. I'm losing it now. Um, but I played everything. I'm, I'm singing the songs. I'm, I'm feeling real good about it. And they even said, they were like, you, you've got this great vibe. Your voice is reminiscent of Steve Kazee's voice. You know, they were, I was very, very happy. And then they go, these songs need to be played with the pick. Do you play with a pick? And at the time, I did not play with a pick. So naturally, I said, yes, I do. <laughs> naturally, I lied and, and then said, they said, yeah, of course I play with a pick. Do and it. they handed me one on the spot. And I did not know how to handle that. Oh. Um, and, and so I, I did, you know, there were, I think there were four of us left over at that audition. Two of the four got the two understudy parts that, that we were all there for. And I think the third guy may have been the swing. But they all got it, except for me. Mm. And then every production I've ever auditioned for since, one of the three of them <laughs> has ended up playing the part. And, uh, uh, you know, so that one was a big, a big uh, slap in the face. But I don't really consider it like a huge failure. It was just a good learning lesson. It was like I went home and I learned how to play with a pick. That's there what I did. Is. I was like, well, next time I'm going to know how to play with a pick. Do you have they a said I can't do it, so I gotta. Do you have a common piece of incorrect advice that you hear a lot in your field? Hmm. There's so much incorrect advice in this field. <laughs> That's not to say that there's the correct truth. advice. I you know, like well, there I, is, but... um there, there is, but also I think the biggest problem that people have is that they think there's one way to do things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 the overarching is that people think that there is a right way to do things. Like there are multiple right ways and there's multiple paths. Mm. It's, it's like that old thing where people would be like, well, don't sing this song, this song, and this song in an audition room mm. because they're overdone. But don't sing this song, this song, and this song because the people don't know what they are and they're going to spend the whole time thinking about that. Right. And I've, I've, after, after years of doing this, I've learned that all of that's crap. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they know the song or not, if you are giving it the level of performance that you need to give it. Yep. Um, I, I, this isn't necessarily an, a piece of incorrect information that's been circulating, but something I wish I had known at 18, 19, 20 is that your first audition for anything, your open call audition, your, your, your first round EPA, whatever you want to Nobody cares if you are the best musical theater actor for those 16 bars. They want to make sure you can sing, that you have a good personality to watch, that you are charismatic. The callback is where you get to be an actor mm. and we get to come in with like pages of text work. And that, yet again, that's not advice that I can really give somebody because I don't actually know that. But in my experience, every time I thought, well, because this character would feel and do this and then try and give like, I'm trying to give, you know, act two, scene four performance of a 16 bar cut. 
they don't have that context and they don't have time to have that context. They just need to know, can he sing it? Right. Is he good to watch on stage? And are we going to want to work with him? Mm. It, you know, those are the three things that I'm like, okay, I, I'll, I'll show you that I can act in all the rest of them. And I will still be an actor in that first call, but I'm also not going to let that be the defining thing. Right. How do you, um, how do you balance achievement versus fulfillment? What is fulfillment? <laughs> That's the beauty of it. I think everyone has a different definition. Uh, or I hope. Oh God, I don't. Uh, I wish I had a balance for achievement versus fulfillment. Um, oh, well, actually I do have an answer for this. <laughs> I may, I, 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 on it, so such a, I'm like a fully out of it. Um, we're squeezing them I dry own, guys. <laughs> we're getting everything. We're squeezing out them of them. dry. <laughs> this is a rock that won't bleed. Um, I make my own material. That's, I mean, that's my personal. Yeah. I don't need the paycheck to be fulfilling because I make my own things on the side. Yep. The paycheck, if it can be fulfilling is very nice, but sometimes your job is to be a cog in a machine and that's fine. And we all got to pay the bills. Yeah. And my, my personal way of navigating is to be like, well, I get to be on stage and I get money from it. And I get security and then I get accolades and those are all great things. But in terms of my artistic fulfillment, I also have a secondary half of my life where I create the circumstances needed to be fulfilled artistically so that I'm not getting mad when a director or a producer or the music director or the choreographer is asking me to do things that I, that I wouldn't choose to do. It's not my business because it's not my show. I didn't make the show. I didn't pay for the show. My job is to show up and do what they say. Mm. And sometimes it lines up and that's wonderful. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's fine because after the show is done and I do my best job in the confines of which they make for me, I get to go back to my room and write a song. <laughs> and then I get to do my best job in the confines that I make for myself, which is fulfilling. Mm. Great answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really good answer. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see. Does anything come to mind? Yes, it does. And this is going to sound bad, I think, but I, I think it's a very hopeful phrase. Okay. You can always be better. I don't think it sounds bad. And I don't think okay, it sounds good. bad because of the way in which you could interpret it. Mm -hmm. I think all of us should always strive to be better. You know, I agree. When you're ripe, you rot. So you don't want that's, to stop growing. That is a, I've never heard that idiom. That is good. But that's my point. So I think, yes, yeah. you can always be better. I, I happen to agree with that. And I'll say it here I, in a I, recorded forum. Thank you very much. I, I think that we live in an, a time period, which is, it's wonderful that we are so adamant as a society and as a, as a community of, of you are enough, which everybody is. But just because you are enough does not mean that you can't be better. <laughs> yeah. I would never want to think that I've reached my full potential yet. That would be weird. I have a lot of life left to live. Whether it's in, in just my job and in my craft, I can always be better. I'm going to keep learning things. Otherwise, it's going to get really boring and I'm going to be stale to myself and to other people, 
or as a human being, the, I have yet to meet anybody who is perfect. And I, you know, like that's an, a, a, a cliche, nobody's perfect. But like, I think just because you're enough doesn't mean that you can't keep learning and growing and, and fine tuning. And even, even, it's not even that you get to be a better version of the same you from today. You're just always going to keep growing and, and the circumstances around you change. So you have to adapt to that anyway. Mm. You know, it was a, it was a different age living just you know, 15 years ago before you could just throw everything you do up online. And yeah. it was a different age living when we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have that level of communication and that level of, of uh, constant um, <laughs> It's it's almost like it's almost like a security breach of your life. It is, but <laughs> the constant. But we didn't contact. know where we we yeah. just didn't know where we all were at all times, and now we do. And you have to adapt to that, and you have to learn how to be a better person and a and a better soul in the midst of all of that. And I, yeah. you know, I can't imagine what where we're gonna be tomorrow and what we have to learn to adapt to then. And that isn't that the truth. I love it. Isn't I love that it. The truth. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Always for you, every time. Great. I feel like we could go for another part two, part three, round four, <laughs> round five. So this is round, well. I mean, this is basically like every time we, every six months, when we call each other just to catch up. It goes for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is <laughs> there any, the only time you put on? The, is there anything else you want to add here before we wrap up? Anything else you want to say? Any asks? Shout outs? For, forgive, forgive yourself, people. Yeah. Forgive, forgive yourself, and be better. Um, I, I would like, to, yeah, no, that's, that's just a shout out to you. Really? Like kudos to you. I remember when we met right at the beginning of the tour and you were doing this podcast and I was like, this guy is literally, he's doing it. He's working himself to the bone. He goes, does the show. And then he goes and you're always in a coffee shop or a egg, 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 egg what's the name of the restaurant? We used Expectations. to go to Expectations. Egg, Expectations. In Ottawa, Canada. Some... Highly recommend it. <laughs> Fantastic. But you're always in some place on your laptop, doing your work, uh, editing, recording, having conversations, making, making the connections. And it was just, it's inspiring. And, and somebody said to me recently, they were like, you just never stopped, did you? The pandemic hit and you never stopped. And I was like, why would we stop? I can't. I don't have. I'm a little hummingbird. If I stop, the heart stops. Got to keep going. Yeah, there's no off switch. <laughs> well, this has been great, nope. Sean. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Sean Smith. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.